Hello, everyone, and welcome to tonight's edition of the Draft Countdown Podcast. I am your co-host, Brian Bosarge, as always, with my co-host, Shane P. Hallam. Shane, we are 98 days, 22 hours, 59 minutes, and 47 seconds away from the 2022 NFL Draft. Draft order set up, uh, first round of playoffs in the books. You're, you're, you're wearing the Bengals garb after your big victory, traveling to Cincinnati first live game in Cincinnati for you. How, how are you feeling, Brian? Man, I feel like a million bucks. 31 years. 31 years, man. I mean, I was 11 years old the last time I watched the Bengals win a playoff game, and to get to see it in that crowd, feel that energy, man, it was awesome. And uh, hopefully they'll uh, they'll continue it on this week. You know, a bit, bit more of a challenge this week against the Titans, but we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. They uh only only a three, like a little over a three point dog, you know. So not like you know, not like they're a double digit dog or anything here. But uh look, my Steelers almost got it done as a double digit dog. <laughs> I mean they, they almost covered. They almost covered the almost spread. covered the thirteen and a half points. Look, they, they were winning at one point. That was better than I thought, so I'll take it. Um Shane, the with the wild card round over, uh, we talked about the draft full draft order last week, one to eighteen. So we'll just quickly run through uh, picks nineteen through twenty four. Uh, the Eagles will pick nineteenth in the draft. Your Steelers uh, picking twentieth this year. Uh, New England picking twenty first. Las Vegas, the Raiders picking twenty second. The Cardinals, despite being the last team to be uh, without a loss this year. Uh, get knocked out. They'll be picking 23rd. And Dallas, uh, the only true upset victim in the first round of the playoffs, thanks to their uh, questionable play calling, we'll say uh, they bow out and they will pick 24th. So eight teams left. The Bengals are one of them. Happy, happy to see that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, So we'll we'll see what happens this weekend. We'll get a couple more in the books and – Start to get a really good picture of how this draft is looking at the, the, the back end. So, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see that. And, you know, all star games are heating up. Um, I'm coming out uh, tomorrow with a preview for the NFLPA Collegiate Bowl. Uh, so, yeah, it's, it's a kind of a busy time here coming up for us. It sure is. And uh, speaking of busy times, this guy's always busy. He is the. Uh, NFL draft, NFL writer for Yahoo Sports, and he is the uh, first-time caller, long-time listener here, Eric Edholm, joining us from Yahoo Sports tonight. Eric, man, thanks a lot for coming on. Long-time listener, and I don't think I've ever heard you use the phrase a little more than a three-point favorite. I like how you said that, you know, like a a (laughs) three-point dog. Just a little bit more, just a little bit. Yeah, I, I like that. Hey, we, we, we do our we do our best around here to uh, to try to minimize what, what what it really actually is. Instill confidence. That's right. Yes, we got to do what we got to do, man. <laughs> and uh, Eric, I mean, we wanted to have you on because uh, you know you, you cover this year round, kind of like we do, but you know more high profile. Um, senior Bowl coming up in a couple of weeks. You know, I'm sure I'll see you down here in Mobile, right? You've already been hitting me up in the DMs looking for the the hot new barbecue joints. <laughs> I, know, know? I know, and I realize you got to talk to the people who live there, not just the ones who've been coming to Mobile for 20 years. and Because I'm not. You know, I've been coming for forever. But the, the people who are the true locals who understand, yeah, that place is all right, but this is the spot. So this I knew you were spot. the man to talk to. That's right. And, and I pride myself on that. I've never steered anybody wrong Good. when it comes to uh, seafood or barbecue. So I, I don't be afraid to reach out if you want to try something a bit off the beaten path. So to speak, Ooh. Eric. Oh yeah. If, if, and if oysters are involved, uh, I'm, I'm definitely in, I'm, I'm a, I'm a seafood guy all, all the way through. So I, I love off the beaten path. I love, uh, Anything where I feel just a little more special than my uh, normally dull life. All right, let's let's uh, let's get right into this uh, this draft class. And I wanted to just come out and just with a broad question here. Um, yeah. Every year we look at these draft classes and there's always going to be that one position group that sticks out as really stacked 
and one that's maybe not as not so much. So kind of give us an, a, in your opinion on what are that what is that deep position group this year? And then what is one that you're uh, if you don't get them up high, you're probably not getting them. Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, I think I think receivers is strong again. I don't know if it's quite what we've seen the last two years, but it's it's pretty good. You know, I, I like tight ends, but I wouldn't say there's that that alpha dog or, or you know one or two clear number one guys. So it's deep enough, but I I would probably lean toward offensive tackle and corner as two positions, especially two positions that we don't always see elite depth at or elite talent at the top. And I think you know those those two spots could have both. Certainly tackle does. Um, you know, I, I think the the interior offensive line is kind of a – there's some guys I really like and, and may not be tremendous uh, after a certain point. The edge rushers I think is a pretty good group. Tell me if I'm wrong. Um, and I'm just trying to make sure I'm not overlooking one. Let me think of what the weakest would be. <sighs> you know, safety drops off a cliff after a certain point, I think. <laughs> I, th- I think there's some pretty decent safeties in this group, but but I may not love outside of that day two range. I don't know that there's a, there's a whole lot that I'd be pounding the table for, except for maybe some you know role specific guys. So I don't know. What would you guys say? Am I missing something here? No, I think you kind of hit it on the head there with the safety class for sure because. You know, I don't know how all the safeties that got invited to the Senior Bowl felt about that athletic article that came out right when they started sending out invites. But, you know, Jim Nagy all but said in that article that this safety class was crap. <laughs> and uh, then, one the first, yeah. then one of the first players they invited was a safety. So it's like, well, what the, can the, you the do? The cream of the crap, right? <laughs> <laughs> Um, sorry, Eric, uh, you, you know, I'm a fantasy guy. You've been on my fantasy yeah. show before. Uh, so you mentioned the receiver class so that we don't have that Jamar Chase alpha player right. and things kind of heating up a little bit today. You know, Mel Kuyper didn't have Traylon Burks in his first round and, you know, the fantasy community is kind of scrambling here as to like, how many receivers are going to go in the first round? Who, who kind of are the guys that could be elite, you know, kind of give me your sense, I guess, of where you think NFL teams are looking at these receivers and how it might shake down. Yeah, it, it, it's interesting, too, because I think the, the, the talent, the long-term projection is pretty strong for this group overall. But we've got a couple hurdles to, to come over, right? I mean, you know, th- there may not be that clear number one, as you said, and there's nobody in that, I wouldn't even say in that Waddle, Chase, uh, Devontae Smith range. I really, I don't know that I can fall in love with anybody in this class to that to that level. I had... Uh, I think my my number two overall player was was P- Kyle Pitts, and I think three or four was Chase last year, and Waddle was right behind him or something. So I had pretty pretty bold, big grit, not bold, but big grades on those guys. I won't have anything like that. In addition, we also have the injuries to the two Bama guys. You know, that's obviously gonna gonna affect some sort of projection as to when. Uh, uh, Williams and, and Mechie. I did Mechie even declare? I, I guess I, I may have yes, missed it. Okay, I yeah. figured he did. That's why I was, yeah. So those two guys obviously coming to the league a little bit um, nicked up and, and probably in, in some rehab early on, maybe start the year on pop, whatever. So in addition, you also have some guys who are, you know, I mean, like like Traylon Burks, I, I think is – a gas to watch. Like, I love the guy. I mean, he's, he's big. He could run. He's a, he's a separator. You know, he does a little bit of everything. They use him as a runner. He's thrown the ball several times. I mean, there's, there's a lot to like about him, but at the same time, will everybody in the NFL have that same kind of, you know, Debo Samuel role for him? Or are they going to say, we're going to make you a, uh, you know, a, a Y receiver, like a big slot or a, or a, I guess you'd say a Z. I don't know. I mean, it depends on the system, but you know what I mean? So there, there's that. There's also the Drake London injury. You know, he's a guy who I think, you know, if he can uh, test and, and do well, he would have, you know, shown out to the point where I think we'd already be talking about him as, as one of the top tier guys. He just hasn't had that ability yet. And so, you know, I, I guess there's a little bit of uh, 
a lack of luster on it because of those facts from a fantasy standpoint. But I still think that, you know, Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson, um, Jahan Dotson should have some sort of role early. I think David Bell is going to be a really good player right away. Um, you know, and, and, and two other guys that just popped into my head too would be Justin Ross and George Pickett's like, you know, in a normal year, if they'd have played a full lot of games, we might be talking about them as one of the top receivers. As it is, they come in with, with question marks. So it's more based on, like, long-term upside view than it is immediate fantasy dividends, I would think. But that's, you know, the somebody will obviously step up, and it just you know depends on where they fall. Uh, Eric, we're a little over – three months away, maybe three months and a couple weeks away from the from the draft. So we'll say this. Let's ask this question on January 19th, 2022. How many quarterbacks are in the first round and <sighs> who are they? Yeah. Yeah, that's a tough one. I mean, obviously, post-senior bowl week, we'll have a much better idea. You know, I mean, Daniel Jones, for instance, was like my number 72 overall player the, the year he came out. You know, I, I had a slightly higher grade on on Drew Locke, I think, and, you know, maybe one or two other guys. So, but you could even tell coming out of Senior Bowl week that there were teams that liked him, you know, liked him, liked him. You know, maybe not Giants loved him, but there were others who, had he fallen a little bit farther, you know, we might still have seen him in round one. I wouldn't have necessarily predicted that at this point, you know, pre-Senior Bowl that year. That said... I think Kenny Pickett's going round one. I'm not 100% convinced that mm, – let me, let me couch what I say here. I don't know about Matt Corral. I don't I, – I, you know, the assumption has kind of been he's in that round one projection. He could be. He very well could be. Um, I don't know that that's set in stone, so I'll put him as a maybe, and I think I would also say that Sam Howell is a maybe because he's actually got maybe more – love in the scouting community that I realized at one point. So the more calls and people I talked to about him, I think there was, there's still a feeling that, you know, he kind of added a dimension to his game, but you know, what if Malik Willis puts on a show between now and April, you know, what if people are convinced, yeah, he's a project, but he's not as far as way as you guys think, or what if Carson Strong's knee comes back with, with, with clean uh, medical evaluation you know, I mean, that dude could shoot it. I mean, he looks like an NFL quarterback to me. And he did a lot at the line. He had a lot of say over, you know, checks and protections and things like that. Stuff that, you know, Willis and Corral and Howell didn't really do. You know, how does the league view Desmond Ritter? I think probably more of a second, third round guy, but it only takes one team. I mean, Jason Campbell was a, was a first round pick because he was – viewed as steady, smart, reliable, you know, with maybe some untapped reserves still there a little bit. So I would guess the number should be lower than this, but I think it ends up kind of like three and that we maybe have, you know, someone go in that 31 or 32 pick to a Super Bowl team that ends up trading out around one or something like that. I don't know. I, I, I'm fascinated to hear what you guys think. No, I mean, that's kind of where we've been at. I mean, we, we, between me and Shane, I think we're a little higher maybe on Matt Corral. Ooh. Okay. Um, but I, I just released my top 200 board today, and Malik Willis was somewhere in the 80 range for me. Right. I'm just, I, I mean, get it. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I, I've seen him play three times, once in person, twice, uh, twice on tape. And the two games I watched on tape, Syracuse. And the Ole Miss game, he was sacked 15 times. Yep. In those two games, he had no pocket awareness whatsoever. But saw him at the Lending Tree Bowl against Eastern Michigan. Looked like one of the best quarterbacks I'd ever seen throw the football right. live in person. Yeah. And it's like that's the kind of inconsistency issues that bug me. It bugged me with Josh Allen uh, a few years ago. I was right. wrong on him. It bugged me with Daniel Jones in his draft class. I feel like I'm a little vindicated on my mid-third round grade I had on Daniel Jones. Maybe not the mid-third round grade I had on Josh Allen, though. But, you know, so I guess we'll see with Willis on, on that. But I, I definitely think you could make that argument that of all the six quarterbacks at the Senior Bowl, that Malik Willis not only has the most to gain, but the most to lose of, of all six quarterbacks. 100%. I agree. I mean, he – 
I suspect he'll come out of there with a bit of a bump. I think that's just a that's a more of a gut feeling than anything else because we don't know obviously how it's going to perform. But um, you know, there've been you know like like Josh Allen did not I don't think play all that well in Mobile or at least that first practice was wild, right? And then it got a little better and a little better, and there were just you know the velocity. You see him throw the ball, and you see how he looks out there, and you think that you know that's that's he's passed that test. He's aced that. But some of the high throws and and, and the scatter shot accuracy, I was like, I don't know, you know. And even Daniel Jones is the same way too. And at those practices, you know, he got MVP of the game. But boy, I thought he missed some easy throws. I thought Drew Locke was more dialed in than he was. So, you know, it it. it you can't use that as the, your total evaluation. But like you said, you've seen them enough to know that the high end is so enticing. The low end reminds you of where he is in his development. You know, my prediction is I think Malik Willis is going to come out of Mobile similar to Colin Kaepernick, where it was yeah. like NFL coaching really seemed to progress him, right? And I, I feel like that's maybe that one piece that yeah. Willis is lacking. So I'm interested – um, I'm definitely interested there too. Um, Eric, let me, let me ask you about, uh, Georgia. I, I, f- I feel like we should probably talk the Bulldogs a little bit more than we have after that national championship yeah. victory. Um, you know, the three defensive linemen, Jordan Davis, Trayvon Walker, Devontae Wyatt, I, I have kind of back to back to back in my defensive line rankings. I'll do very different things. Um, how how do you kind of see their stocks playing out? I think they've been three that I've had trouble kind of pegging where they're going to go or what kind of what kind of teams they may fit onto. Yeah, I mean, the, the one who fascinates me the most is probably Travon Walker. I would say just because, I mean, he's just an unusual player, you know. And and I think there's just going to be a, a sense of like you were asking earlier, you know. Um, if you don't get this position up high, you shouldn't even draft them. I, I feel that way about certain players too. And sometimes, you know, you see, you know, one specific player, even at a deep group, just look kind of so much different than everybody else. He's got that length. He's got enough mass where he can kick inside, play outside. Hell, Georgia had him, you know, spying some quarterbacks at times. So he did some very unusual things and, uh, you know, He's one of those kind of Baltimore Ravens, New England Patriots type of guys that, you know, seems to fill a lot of roles and do a lot of things uh, well. And I, I think he's fascinating. It's also fascinating to see, you know, where does Davis end up? Like, what is he, you know, because he's probably a two-down player in the NFL like he was in college. And people say, oh, he only played, you know, 20-something snaps a game. That's true. Georgia also had the deepest rotation of the country, right? I mean, Jermaine Johnson had to transfer out to finally show he could play. Um, different position, obviously, no tackle, but still the idea holds that, you know, their depth chart was so loaded, right? You could take him off the field comfortably in passing downs because you had talents behind him, right? So that didn't bother me as much. I think his stamina should be okay. You know, he's, he's, he's an unusually good athlete for that man, that size of man. But what's the value of a two-down nose tackle these days? I don't know. I really don't know. We haven't had a lot of those types of players populate the upper reaches of the draft. So is he a first-round pick? It wouldn't shock me if he was. It also wouldn't stun me if he fell out just because of the the value and the need of that spot. So, yeah, I mean, they, they've got a pretty incredible talent uh, on that defense. And, 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 you know, to see it all kind of come together this year was really – fascinating uh it it starts up front but they have some good players on the back end too and it's just it's amazing when you think that if johnson had stayed and they hadn't had those underclassmen leave we probably would have looked at the greatest unquestioned defense of all time it's already in the discussion or at least you know up there i would think i question dexter lawrence getting drafted as high as he did yeah couple of years ago and Good to me example. I think they're very similar in what they do. Um maybe Jordan Davis is more athletic than Dexter Lawrence. Um but you know I questioned that value as well and he still went the top 15. Good old Dave Gittleman. God love him. <laughs> uh, um, let's bring it uh Devontae Wyatt uh, will be at the senior bowl along with some other Georgia linebackers. Um 
who are a couple of players that maybe aren't getting that hype, Eric, that you are just so looking forward to seeing in those one-on-ones and during senior bowl practice? Are you talking about Georgia players? No, no, anybody? in general, in general. And these are guys you say that you don't that haven't maybe, maybe aren't getting that 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 we did. maybe people that 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 everybody's not really tuned into. Yeah, I mean, I think the draft guys know them, and you know, obviously the people who you know who pay attention to this stuff year round. But Tariq Woolen, uh, last I saw, he had an invitation. I believe he's still planning on going. Uh, you um, Texas San Antonio corner, big kid. You know, six foot four. 205 pounds, really long arms, fascinating athletic traits, former receiver, you know, you, you saw some, you know, some, some rawness to his game at times, but he was a willing tackler. You know, I think he's got a, a, a really neat template to start from, you know, kind of reminds me a little bit of, you know, the projection of like a Kella Witherspoon when he came into the league, but I think he's more physical than Witherspoon. So you know, he's going to be able to actually engage a lot more of that length and not just be somebody who breaks up, you know, jump balls and things like that. So I think you can use him as a, a zone corner or, or a press corner. Um, you know, he gave us some catches in the games I watched. He had a, he had a, there was like a miscommunication. I think it was in the Western Kentucky game where he, and he had just gotten back into the lineup, if I recall too. So that, that may have played a part. There's some hesitancy about like, you know, there was a rub route who, who had who, where was the responsibility you know, it's hard to know on tape whether that's him or the other guy. But still, you saw enough of those moments where you thought he's still going to require a little bit of polish. You know, and he, guys like Joan Williams, for instance, haven't really panned out yet. I would say he's sort of in that same vein. So, you know, it could go either way, but uh, he's got traits that you absolutely cannot teach. And there's something about him that that, that kind of uh, excites me. And I guess another – I haven't watched the, the Fayetteville State kid, uh, you know, Joshua Williams, but I've, I've heard some people kind of say, like, you know, Nagy's all in on him. Uh, I haven't talked to Jim about him. Uh, you know, I, I always love to see kind of the the small school guys who, you know, everybody assumes are going to be kind of fish out of water because, you know, look, Jeremy Chin went down there and played great. And, um, you know, the Lenore Ryan kid played great a couple of years ago, Kyle Duggar. You know, to me, it's it's outstanding when those guys can go down there with a chip on their shoulder and, and hang with the big boys and, and hold their own. I remember a corner from Washburn, a couple of Corey Ballantine. Ballantine, yeah. He he he, he was he had his ups and downs during the week for sure, but it but but he mostly had a solid week. So yeah, I'm yeah. with you on that. I haven't watched uh, Joshua Williams either, so my first exposure to him will be in Mobile. Right. So, and what a better. Uh, I'll be if if he if he gets murdered in the one on ones down there, I probably don't need to go back and watch him anymore. That's right. the way I'm going to look at it. The effort it would take to track down that that tape would be would not be worth you know if it, unless he goes down there and balls out and has you know three picks and all that stuff. I think you're 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 better off uh, moving on to somebody else you can get access to. Well, you know, speaking of uh, small school players at the Senior Bowl, maybe a little more high profile, but I, look, I, I love Trevor Penning, the offensive tackle from Northern Iowa, Bernard Raymond, the offensive tackle from Central Michigan. Um, how, do, how do you think they're going to fare down there? Do you think both those guys have a shot at first-round draft capital? Maybe, you know, maybe even top half if things go really well. Trevor Penning's a first-round pick, I believe. I, 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 I feel pretty confident in that i don't know um uh, you know i could always have some medical situation that we don't know about or test you know way below what we're expecting but athleticism is not the issue he's a good kid too he's he's he plays with some feistiness and and he's got this unbelievable frame now he may not quite test the way spencer brown did his uh you know buffalo bills third round pick who uh went to uni as well and they they played together but you know he's bigger and I think he's got more upside. I mean, Spencer Brown's a nice player. You know, he's cracked the Brown uh, Bills rotation a little bit. So, you know, he's obviously somebody they they continue to like. I think NFL teams are going to view Penning as, you know, despite the lower level of competition, a possible day one starter at left tackle. So, I think that puts him in the top twenty. That's my guess if I had to uh, to estimate. Now, it's interesting that that Raymond played at a you know, higher level, you know, obviously a, a group of five school and, 
but had two big tests right off the bat, LSU and, and Mizzou. Thought he handled himself, you know, well in those. He's he's still raw in the sense that he's a, you know, former tight end looking like a guy who still has some, you know, some polish that needs to be added or whatever. But boy, I mean, he looks like a, a unbelievably, you know, he's got natural athletic ability that can't be taught. I mean, he's got the size. You know, I could see guard or tackle for him. I've heard both. So first round, uh, borderline, probably at, at this stage, I would just guess top 50, if that makes, you know, yeah, somewhere between fair. 25 and 50, I guess, if I had to say. Just just taking a brief glimpse at the Senior Bowl rosters, these are some potential one-on-one matchups we could see with those two. Uh, Logan Hall. Yeah. Uh, Dominique Robinson, Arnold Ebiketti, My J. Sanders, uh, Azizi Otomowo, Otomiwo, and Boye Mafe are some potential one on one matchups there on the outside. I'm just going to refer to them as the last two guys from that. You know, so I don't, that's that's my way of getting out of saying that. I can, I can do Ebiketti. I can't do anything else, though. That's <laughs> yeah, but those matchups should be fantastic, right? I mean, you guys are, you know, like me. I mean, I love to park in front of those those battles and, and watch them go at it. And you know, guys lose. I mean, I watched Aaron Donald lose one battle down there, you know, <laughs> all week. Uh, so it many. happens, right? Yeah. Uh, who was that poor guard he beat up on the first day down? And uh, it was at the. They used to have those practices out in uh, Fairhope, uh, and Donald just went off on. It was uh, the Baylor kid, Cyril. Richardson, is that right? Yeah, yes. Richardson. Yeah. I felt bad for the kid afterward. I mean, he was just maul, you know, and that was the moment where Aaron Donald went from like, you know, undersized guy to like draft crush of everybody. So yeah, those those one-on-one battles are fantastic. And yeah, I think we'll have some good ones. Maybe the maybe the senior bowl D line class is a little leaner than years past. I don't know. Am I wrong about that? I to me, my higher rank edge guys are all on the American team, so we won't okay. see the matchups. I mean, I, yeah. I, I'm I'm high on Kingsley and Igbare, Jermaine yep. Johnson, those two guys, uh, but they're on the other squad, so we won't. We'll have to look at their one on ones with the in the other group. right. Uh, last question for me, Shane. I'll have another one, then we'll let you go. Uh, day three guy, maybe even a late day three guy. Who are you beating that table for? Who is that deep, deep Eric Edholm sleeper that's going to go on day three of the draft? Yeah, let me think here. Give me a position. You, you throw me a position, I'll see if I – or at least uh, – because I'm, I'm just struggling to come up with one right now here. Um, All right, you assume that guys get drafted in that, that, that range. They're going to be special teams guys probably first, roster guys second. So give me a linebacker who's going to who, – who you're going to beat the table for on day three. Okay, linebacker. I, I'll, I'll come up with one here. Um, I mean, he's to me he's, may not be a linebacker. <laughs> the Troy Anderson kid from Montana State. Have you guys watched him? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah okay, yeah. so like, you know, there's this debate going on. Like, how do you use the guy best? And he's clearly an athlete. You know, he's got something going on. I don't know if I would. I would call him a sleeper necessarily i guess he is because he went to montana state and he's a you know sort of position projection guy or whatever but he's just fascinating i can't i don't know what to make of him yet i don't have a a final say on him but you know i want i want to see uh i want to see what he does right in in the nfl is he an offensive player is he a defensive player is he strictly a special teamer so he's one that kind of fascinates me maybe people are Sleeping on uh, the Oklahoma linebacker to Brian Osimo a lot. I I just like him. I think he's a good, solid player. I don't know that he'll ever be a Pro Bowl player, and maybe he sneaks in a day two. I don't know, but boy, I'm I'm shocked there hasn't been a little bit more buzz on him. Now he's not uh, a big guy, you know, and but I I think he'll he'll run well enough, you know. I think he'll be a multi-positional linebacker. I think he can play, you know, in sub packages too. Um, I just think he's a solid all-around football player that people might be sleeping on a little bit. All right, last one. Uh, I'll kind of put you on the spot too, I guess. Good. That's why you're here, right? Uh, Tap dancing. So, <laughs> <laughs> so 
give me your prediction. You know, Senior Bowl week's over, game's over, um, outside of anyone we've talked about so far. So give me someone we haven't touched on. Who who's who do you think is going to have the biggest buzz coming out of that week? Who's going to be the player that everyone's you know talking about and hyping up because of how they play? Who is the Debo Samuel of the twenty twenty two Senior Bowl? Yeah, I like that. Yeah, I like that. I'm trying to think. There was there was somebody else who kind of came out of nowhere and a couple of years ago that I I didn't go last year. So um, all right. So obviously we've already mentioned Willis, so it can't be him. You know how about how? Sorry, just had a pop-up video. Apologize about that. Um, good question. I would say probably – so there's a – I've been banging his drum all season long, probably too much to be honest, but Nebraska's JoJo Doman, that's another linebacker I guess I could have picked too. And, and you know, he, he he did a little bit of everything for an undermanned defense up there and, and – you know, is his hand going to be okay? Is he going to going to stay in the game or not? I don't know, but he's one that, that I think could be, you know, a, a really interesting riser because he is that special teams guy. Uh, he's a hustle guy. You know, I think he could maybe walk out of this this uh, this week with some buzz. The other one you you kind of mentioned his name earlier in the in the D line drills. I mean, Majai Sanders, I think in those one on one drills has a chance to be to surprise people because you know that he was sort of played out of position this year a little bit. And obviously it was a team that a lot of people started watching, you know, he's, he might be like, um, like Alex Highsmith, I guess if I had to pick somebody who could be like a, a similar comp from a positional miscast guy, right. They were both kind of playing inside like a, like a, like a four eye spot. And, you know, Highsmith had to play out of position because they needed him to play there, Charlie. This is the same with, with Sanders in Cincinnati in some respects. And I think more on the edge, being able to stand up a little bit, showing off his athleticism. You know, I don't know that I love him as a player, but I, I do like him a, quite a bit. And I remember last year feeling pretty good had he come out. So, um, you know, factoring that in as well, he could be somebody who, who maybe bubbles up a little. The other kid, too, I mean uh, – I was talking to somebody the other day in media. I forget who it was. Uh, somebody in the draft world. We were saying that, you know, everybody wants to see Christian Watson too from North yeah. Dakota State. Oh, he yeah. was Trey's deep guy in nineteen, and just that length. You know, is, is he? Uh, I mean, I don't know. Is he Tim Patrick or something? Or you know what I mean? Like, what, what I'm trying to think of a guy, Equinemius or somebody like that, those long, deep threat kind of guys. I just. I can't wait to see how he fares against some of these corners. Shane called him the this year's Cooper Cup the other day oh, on yeah. draft countdown. Yeah. I mean, not style wise, not style right, 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 right. But the guy who just shows up and belongs, right? That small school player who I, I think can be a number one. You know, yes. with enough grooming, I, I think he could do it. Yeah, I mean, tracks the ball well. He's got length. He, you know, he, he gets on top of people. I, I like him. He's he's really interesting. Well, Eric, we can't thank you enough for taking the time out tonight, uh, coming on, talking the draft. And uh, I'll see you in a couple of weeks down here in Mobile. We'll talk uh, the finer ports of some barbecue and some seafood when you get down here. I'm looking forward to it. Dinner on me. And uh, thanks for having me, guys. Really appreciate it. Thanks a lot, Eric. Thanks, Eric. That was Eric Edholm from Yahoo Sports taking that time to come on tonight and – yeah. Ooh. Shop up the draft with us. Awesome. He's 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 one of the best. So that's all. Yeah, that's no, always no great. doubt about it. Everybody go uh follow him on Twitter. Is there an underscore in his name? What's there is Eric underscore at home. Uh his mock drafts are some some of my favorite just you know explanations and he really gets into it like he's such a good dude. So give him a follow no. if if you haven't. Yeah, no doubt about it. Um all right, Shane. So Monday marked the deadline for the underclassmen to declare. Um, I tried my best to <laughs> to go through and see who we didn't have, who we haven't already talked about. I know I missed some of the, we'll call them more obscure names that may have uh, declared. So we're going to kind of hit some high points here, and I'm just going to leave off some of these names uh, that guys who declared but didn't really 
play for the teams that they declared for. But uh, let's start with interior offensive lineman one, definitely center one in this class, Tyler Linderbaum from Iowa. I'm going to will it in every mock draft I do from here on out. I'm going to will him to Cincinnati. No. But I'm (laughs) going to try. I'm going to try. Tyler Linderbaum, Iowa, uh, the Bengals' dream scenario in the 2022 NFL draft. Yeah, look, that that'd be nice. Too too good this year, you know. Yeah. I just can't do it. But uh, I I still think he's he's on that top ten fringe. If he can be the first center in fifty years to go in the top ten, I mean that'd be a pretty big, pretty big jump. So uh, he, but he is that good, legit. Uh, four corners added to the list this week. Um, one. Stands out above the others. Coward Gordon from Washington. He may have actually declared before this week, and I just missed it. Uh, his teammate Trent McDuffie. We talked about him. I think Coward mm-hmm. Gordon's not as good as McDuffie. I don't Ooh. know if Gordon's a top one. He's probably a fringe day two guy. Um, but I think, we, I think we disagree there. Oh. Yeah, I have Kyler Gordon pretty high. I, 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 I might actually have him higher than I'm giving him credit for, maybe confusing him <laughs> with someone else. Um, the three other corners that declared, Jalen Armour Davis from Alabama, um, Isaac Taylor Stewart from Southern Cal. Uh, neither one of those guys probably going to be in that top 100 range. Jalen Armour Davis injured was injured for most of the season, uh, or at least at the end of the season there. Yeah. And Cordell Flott from LSU uh, entered the draft as well. He's actually – both him and Armour Davis are both uh, local to the Mobile High School area here. Uh, Flott, I believe, played at Saraland High School, and Jalen Armour Davis played at St. Paul's High School here in Mobile. So those those four corners have entered the draft. Uh, other than Coward Gordon, any of the other three uh, pop to you? I, I think guys are – Taylor Stewart's probably the best of that group. Um, now I haven't watched um, Flots uh, at all, uh, so you know I, I don't know. He's not someone I picked up on either. Um, but I, I think guys, Taylor Stewart is—he's a good kind of press uh, corner. I think he's played some safety for them at times. You know, bigger guy, um, pretty stiff. So. He's someone I think with good workouts could rise maybe into that top 100 range. I feel like it's pretty crowded at this point, but he's probably the only one. Um, Trayvon Walker from Georgia declares. We've talked about him a lot there with Eric. Uh, Probably one of the more versatile defensive linemen in this class. uh, Size-wise, can play inside, can play outside. Can I I make Uh, a bold prediction? Bold prediction. I think he's going to be the first to D-line off the board. That's D line one. D line one. I yeah, I'm not gonna have it my mock coming out on Monday, but I I, I feel like I, I think he could do it. I think I think the NFL's gonna do it. Well, I mean, if the, we're gonna talk about uh, another mock draft that we saw come out uh, a little bit later with something else, but uh, this one that one had Demarvin Leal at 32. So and he's been universally up to this point considered D line one. True. So, yeah. maybe not as bold as you think. There, maybe Shane. maybe not. Maybe not. Uh, a couple of edge guys uh, declared, and I think one. Well, like I said, I'm pretty sure this one. Both of these had happened long before this week. But uh, Drake Jackson, Southern Cal, a guy we were both higher on before the season, but kind of tailored off a little bit uh, this year. I think we both still probably have him in that second to third round range. Um, yeah, I, I, I do. He's he, we're gonna see. I, I need to see workouts, I think, on him to see if, if he's legit. Um, Alex Wright from UAB, who I have no clue about whatsoever, but I see him listed at 6'7, 269. I love that size and frame, so I guess you know, I'll go back and watch some of the UAB games I have and see if there's anything to Alex Wright. Yeah, I, I actually like when when I saw his name come across, I had I had a couple notes on like just him standing out, right? And we didn't I, I don't know if we had him on our list or I don't think so. So yeah, he's someone I have to go back and watch too, but I'm I'm intrigued. Um three guards we had declare this week. 
Uh, William Dunkel, who someone asked me uh, in a DM on Twitter, you know, where we were at on him. No clue. Uh, Joshua Edzwudu from North Carolina. Got nothing. And we had a question. We normally take questions at the end of the show, but it seems like this is uh, a good time to talk about it. Uh, G10 asking the comments. I uh, heard Dane Brugler mention Cameron Jurgens, center from Nebraska. Have you seen him? If so, what do you think? What's his draft stock? Thanks, guys. Love the show. He, his name also came across the uh, declaration wire this week. So, Shane, uh, I have no opinion on Cam Jurgens yet. Do you? I, I I did watch him. Uh, you know, I think you and I talked about it a little bit when he declared. I, I watched him a little bit. I bumped him up right now to center five. I mean, I think he's good. Like I, he's he's a nice physical center with you know he, he's small enough that he's kind of athletic and can move. He's a little bit shifty in that way. So I, I really like him. It wouldn't surprise me if he ends up as center too. I think him. Um, Luke Fortner from Kentucky going to the senior bowl is a big opportunity. Um, and, you know, I still like some of the, the Alec Winstrom and Donovan West who we've talked about before. So but I think Jurgens is kind of in that mix for center two and for day two. Um, if all goes well. Uh, two offensive tackles, uh, declared this week. One is Luke Tenuta from Virginia tech, six, nine, three, 22, I believe he's at the Shrine game, if I'm not mistaken. And the other, of course, is OT1, Evan Neal, or OT1 for us. may not necessarily be OT1 around the league. We're going to talk about that a little bit later, too. Um, But Evan Neal, Luke Tenuta, uh, one of those things is not like the other. Yeah, no, I, I, I need to go back and watch uh, Tenuta a little more. Or I'll just wait for the Shrine game, probably, if he's going there and hit that up. Uh, two linebackers declared. One, obviously us and damn near everybody else who watches this draft for the draft, Nakobe Dean, Georgia linebacker, uh, probable first-round pick, I would imagine, maybe top half of the first round. Um, so no surprise that he declared. But coming off probably his best career game, I think you could say, Christian Harris from Alabama, tremendous game against Georgia in the championship game, declares for the draft. So uh, were you surprised by Christian Harris uh, entering the draft, or you feel like this is the right timing uh, strike while the iron's hot? No, I, I think that game really solidified him. Um, and I think the other thing he always had going for him was his athletic ability, right? He's probably going to be the most athletic linebacker in that first-round mix. And I think that Kobe Dean, who is my linebacker one, no, if Dean has a bad combine, he's he's smaller than Harris. I think you know Harris could could end up linebacker one and go fairly high because he flashed in that game and has the athletic ability and size. The NFL, I think, just, just wants that a little bit more. So um, I think this is going to be a really tight race between those two, and maybe toss Devin Lloyd in there um, for who's going to be the top linebacker. Um. Speaking of strike while the iron's hot, we had three safeties declare, two of which for Ron McKinley, the third from Oregon, Dane Belton from Iowa. Have to go back and watch those myself. Yeah, really McKinley's seen. McKinley's really good. Okay. I, like I, McKinley I, I, has the Shane stamp of approval. Yeah, I have to go uh I have, I have a safety seven right now. I think he's a Ooh, day two guy. Okay. Small, but he's he's a playmaker. Uh but Defensive MVP of the national championship game, Lewis Seen. Uh, we talked to Jeff Risen last week. He he is all in on uh, Lewis Seen going to Detroit with the uh, Rams pick in the first round, uh, if he's still on the board there. Uh, safety two for you, Shane? Safety two for me. I think he's a first-rounder. Um, he'll be in my first round of my mock on Monday. He's moved up to safety two on my board as well. Uh one, two, three, four, five, six, seven wide receivers uh, we added to the underclassmen board this week. Three of them from the University of Alabama. Surprise. Their wide receiver room is decimated. Uh, <laughs> two of which, one of which was no surprise, despite being tearing his ACL in the national championship game. No surprise that Jamison Williams could, could still end up in the first round pick despite the torn ACL. Uh 
A mild surprise maybe was John Mechie the third. I think we both thought even when healthy this year, he wasn't wasn't as an elite of a talent as he showed that he could be last season. And a head scratcher a bit here is their slot receiver Slade Bolden, the 5'11", 191 uh, receiver from Alabama declares. Uh, comments and thoughts on the Crimson Tide trio of wideouts entering. I, I, mean, I, I think Jameson Williams still be an easy first rounder because of the four three speed uh, and size and height. And then, yeah, Slade Bolton, John Mechie. I, I don't know. Maybe I'm too low on John Mechie. I, I think they're both day three guys. Like Mechie maybe has some upside. Uh, I actually have Bolton ranked one spot ahead of Mechie <laughs> in my rankings because, um, you know, I, I just think Slade Bolton is, is a good slot receiver. And there's actually a number of teams that need a slot receiver, and there's not a ton in this draft. So it's actually a good spot the for the opposite him. of last player. year. Yeah, last year's all slots. This year is all, you know, X's. It's it's crazy. So um another maybe surprising declaration. I mean, he did make it back from the injury to play in the national championship game, but he was not productive at all this season, uh, when he in the little that he did play. Uh, so you really have to go back to the 2020 tape, maybe even the 2019 tape to see what he can be. And that's George Pickens from Georgia uh, enters the draft. Do you you think he would have benefited from going back or is this just get it while you got it? Yeah, I kind of feel like he may have benefited from going back. Um, You know, he had the one catch he had in the national championship was great. It was amazing, but that's it. That's, that's all we got. Um, He's going to be one of the toughest evaluations for me. I just, you know, there's a lot of questions I had that couldn't be answered this year and it kind of remain going forward. So he could be a first round pick. He could be a six round pick. Like I feel like it could go a number of different ways this offseason with him. Speaking of head scratching, head scratching slot receivers uh, that declared uh, Tyler Sneed, East Carolina, 5'7", 174 enters the draft. Good luck. Devin Williams, Oregon, 6'5", 207, enters the draft. And Eric Edzakenma, we have talked about mm-hmm. a lot. Um, probably a day th- – I think it's more than likely a day three uh, receiver from Texas Tech. Yeah, I, Devin Williams – I think Devin Williams maybe was a former Southern Cal guy too. I don't know. But I could be misremembering Devin Williams. Uh, I, f- I feel like I remember his recruit. Yeah, him – Tyler Sneed's been productive. But yeah, I don't see him as an NFL guy. I, I think Edzakenma right now, I, I agree with you. I have him as a day three, but – um, I mean, he, he's big and fast. I think if, I think he could, you know, he could play himself into the day two mix, but I think there are a lot of receivers in that day two mix. So we'll see what happens. But Ezekonma is definitely a name to watch, uh, at the combine. Cause I think that's going to make or break his draft stock. We've talked about the senior bowl a lot with Eric and we talk about it a lot every week because it's great. Um, <laughs> you're, you're in Mobile, you know, they're tagging us in all the all the player announcements. You know, I, I feel like we're we're pot committed now to the Senior Bowl. We, we pretty much are. We're, we're the unofficial NFL draft website of the Reese's Senior Bowl. <laughs> uh, so they if you go to go follow them on Twitter at Senior Bowl, and they've been breaking down all week the position groups by team, who's going to play for the American team, which is the Lions coaching staff, and the national team, which is the Jets coaching staff, and you can see which players are going to play on which team. But that led to some interesting speculation on our part here uh, in our Draft Countdown Slack chat, uh, as a few names have been added to the roster after the senior role was announced, had it previously announced the position groups. And we'll start with last night. Uh, Tyler Beatty, the running back from Missouri, gets added to the national team where they already had four running backs on that squad, which leads me to believe that one of those four uh, maybe has come up injured. Um, I don't think any of them would be bowing out of the game because they think they they don't need it. But uh, those four receivers on that uh, – running backs on that team are Rashad White, Abram Smith, uh, Ford from Cincinnati, and Hassan Haskins 
from Michigan. So uh, what's your speculation had on Shane? Is uh, any of those four, have they been injured or maybe just some wear and tear we don't know about that would cause maybe one of them guys to bow out? Yeah, I, I don't, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I hope they all play because I think all of them have a chance to help themselves. So I'm hoping none came up injured. Maybe, you know, maybe, maybe the senior bulls just getting frisky and, and picking off some other games and then guys. So I'll be interested to see, um, man, I, I really hope Jerome Ford play. He's probably the one that I really want to see. And he's probably the one I'm most feared is the guy that, that that's, that's injured. Uh, Cause I mean, he, it, you know, that, that he played the last, he played, you know, the latest and um, got pulled from that game at one point too. So. Yeah, that, that, that feels like the easy speculation because, I mean, I just – I'm not saying they won't bring in five running backs, but it's going to be kind of hard to get all them guys carries in a game or in practice yeah. such as that. The reps won't be there. as So you feel like one of those guys are out. Um, another interesting development you pointed out to me this morning was when they announced the linebacker groups – uh, for each team, the national team, they listed Sterling Weatherford, the safety from Iowa, Ohio, as a linebacker. Definitely has the size uh, for for sure. Uh, was that a little surprising to you? I, I was. I was a little bit surprised uh, at that, though. He's. I mean, he's a, a really nice fit there. So I think he's. Uh, he can play in that box. He did a lot in, in Miami of Ohio. Um, so that's fun. I love seeing guys out of position, right? Like I, I love it. I hope we get to see some linebacker, Jojo Doman, some safety and like keep swinging it around. So another thing I noticed when looking at those linebacker groups today, um, we may have noticed one gone um, from that national team, which may be a reason maybe they moved Weatherford down was Jeremiah Gimmel from North Carolina was not on that roster. I went back just like, I mean, they're not considering him an edge. So I went back and looked at defensive line to make sure he wasn't on that list and he was not. So it looks like Jeremiah Gimmel's out of the game. Uh, he was one of the earlier commits to the game as well. So perhaps an injury there uh, for the North Carolina linebacker, but the national team has nine listed linebackers where the American team only has seven but speculation on my part is that D'Angelo Malone, who's an undersized edge rusher, defensive lineman, I think you're going to see him rep a lot with the linebackers uh, during the week of practice. Um, yeah, that's interesting. I, look, I, I'm pumped for you to go down to the Senior Bowl in that first press conference, just hammer Nagy with all these questions. Of, <laughs> you know, where it, where is Jeremiah Jemmel? Where is he? You know, you got to hit that up. We'll see. We'll, we'll see if, I, if I'm able to attend that press conference. Um, and last but not least, a couple of offensive linemen were added to each team, one to each team. Uh, and maybe these are just add-ons. These may be not injury replacements. Maybe they just want to get – because last year, and I'll say this, last year, uh, we and we talked about it with Jim when he was on the podcast, the, I can't remember what the what actual squad it was, but they had so few offensive linemen make it through the week that they ended up having to bring in pit, pit center Jimmy Morrissey, who was training in Pensacola, had to come in, get COVID tested and everything, and worked out in the ballroom in the convention center to get ready to get the, get the calls and everything for the line the night before with the Panthers staff. And uh, he ended up having a decent game, but they only had five offensive linemen. They had to play the entire game. They had no no backup offensive linemen for that game. And it showed because they got beat up a lot. And their quarterback, Kellamon, got sacked a lot. So did, uh, I believe it was Ian Book was the other quarterback on that roster. Um, so they bring in Cade Mays from Tennessee. I don't think either one of us are really high on him. He was a, what the number was it? Was it he was the number one overall player coming out of high school, but just didn't really uh, didn't really get that number one overall career there. But I mean, you know, we'll see. Uh, is he a guard? Is he a tackle? I think is a uh, a question there as well. And a guy that you're apparently super high on, uh, Jatire Carter from Southern, uh, coming into the game as well. Shane, tell tell me and everybody else 
what to look for in, in, in Mr. Carter from uh, Southern. I, I'm excited. I, I He's one of the guys I was hoping would make, th- make it there. He's my number 12 guard um, in the class right now. And just like a really, really athletic moving you know, guard um, who can play center, uh, can pull. I just, I really like kind of the pop that he has. So I think like zone base schemes, I think he's a guy that can be developed. So um, this is a big opportunity. I think he's going to show he belongs. All right. Last non-senior bowl thought, but uh, the athletics Dane Brugler released a two round mock draft today. And you didn't have to get very far down before the big shot face hits you. Number one overall pick in his mock draft to the Jacksonville Jaguars was an offensive tackle. That's not the shocking part. I've done it several times with Evan Neal going to Jacksonville, number one overall. Dane Brugler, Ikum Equanu, offensive tackle, NC State, number one overall pick in the draft, Shane. Yeah, wow. Um, it, it's 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 surprising. It, it it made my jaw drop a little bit. Not that it couldn't happen. Uh, I, 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 honestly, I kind of hope it does. If you go back and listen to, I think the second podcast we did after week one or week zero or whatever, that was one of the first games I watched, and he, we talked about him like before anyone even had mentioned him because I was like, wow, this guy. You know, I think he could. I, I probably said he could be like a early day three pick or something right now. It's good number one overall. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's just a little surprising just because he's not an elite pass blocker. I, I think he did it this year and that's why he's getting ranked as highly like teams saw him. Okay. He can be a left tackle. He can be a top 10 pick um, where coming in, you thought he was just a run blocker and he's one of the best run blockers, maybe the probably the best in this class. Um so I was I was a little bit surprised. I'm a little bit surprised, I, even at the position. I'm still I just don't think Jacksonville can can take one of these guys. Uh, but look, maybe it happens if he comes out, blows up workouts. Um, there's that possibility is out there now. So I I'm I'm kind of kind of hoping for it. So I can pull that clip and we can uh, we can play it on the show. He did mention that. There is no consensus amongst NFL teams that he's talked to on who OT1 is. There are some that have Evan Neal 1. There are some that have Charles Cross from Mississippi State 1, who definitely a guy I think we're both really fond of. I have him as a top 10 prospect uh, currently, and uh, some teams have a Quanu as uh, number one. So it's, it's, it's interesting for sure. All right, Shane, uh, let's finish this up. we got a few – Twitter, uh, chat questions here. Yeah. Uh, first, we have a comment, and uh, uh, Dwayne Lavelle said, "Is your coffee cup a Game Boy? If so, that is awesome. It looks to be indeed a Game Boy coffee cup, Dwayne." Yeah, not not only is it a Game Boy coffee cup, you probably can't tell in the video, but uh, when uh, at the beginning, when it was still hot, actually, um, the ending of Super Mario Land lit up on the coffee cup. So we'll have to rock this for the next couple weeks. I think. Nice. All right, let's uh let's get to a couple of questions we've got. Uh, G10 asked one earlier. He asked uh, a question before this one. Uh, Hi guys, wonder what do you think of Josh Pascal, who's the edge rusher from Kentucky? Nick Cross, safety from Maryland, and where in the draft do you see them? Uh, Shane, I'll 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 start this. Uh, I think for sure, without even looking, I know that you're higher on Josh Pascal than I am. He's currently my uh, number ten edge. Uh, 66 overall, so which would put him in the early third round for me. I, like I said, I'm pretty sure you're a, a bit higher on him than that. Uh, Nick Cross, I think I'm going to be higher on him than you are. Uh, I have Nick Cross as my number five safety, um, but that doesn't necessarily lend itself to a higher draft pick. I currently have him at 106 overall which is around the early fourth round area, but I, I'm a little bit higher on Nick Cross's I definitely think he's going to be a hardcore special teams guy, uh, but he can also uh, blitz the passer out of the slot. He could even maybe be a slot, uh, like a hybrid slot safety corner type type role. Uh, I think he's going to be that jack of all trades guy that's going to you know save a roster spot for a team. But I think Nick Cross is probably at his ceiling, probably late day two. 
Well, I actually think we, we line up decently. Um, Pascal's my edge seven. I think I have him at 57th overall. I, I think he's, you know, he's got kind of that size and that strength to be a starting edge rusher. So I think late second round, early third round makes a lot of sense to me for, for Josh Pascal. And I think these edge rushers will be in, in demand. So um, I think it's a good spot for him. I think he can be a starter. Yeah. And Nick Cross is my safety five as well. I have him at uh, 83rd overall. And I think that third round is a good, good spot for him. Um, so, so you ended up being higher on uh, cross than I was. I was, I was off there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I well, I think you tuned me in, right? When you, I think right. you talked about him. I uh, finally went back and watched him, and uh, you know, bumped him over Jalen Petrie and guy and guys like that. So, um, I'm in. I'm in. I'm hopping on your Nick Cross bandwagon, I guess. Don't don't talk too loud about Jalen Petrie. You're gonna, you're gonna attract <laughs> oh, unwanted. Baylor guys will you're, come you're gonna you're gonna attract he's, unwanted attention. He's safety six. It's it's fine. <laughs> All right. Last question. Uh, a Steelers question, Shane. Yeah. A Steelers question. Uh, Dwayne asks, Big Ben retiring, uh, what what path do the Steelers take in the draft? I assume he means quarterback-wise. Uh, they can't be bringing out Mason Rudolph out there, can they, Shane? Why not? What's what's wrong with Brady? Look, if, I think if Kenny Pickett is sitting there at 20, I think they draft him. And I think if he's not there, I think they pass. That's That's my prediction. I, I I think they probably won't take a quarterback high in this draft unless someone falls into their lap. And um, I think they are going to go with Mason Rudolph for a year. Maybe they sign another veteran. They let Dwayne Haskins compete, but he's not going to win that job. And build everything else. Build the offensive line. Build the depth. They have $44 million in cap space. And then I think 2023 will be the go get the quarterback. They've been a franchise that's been patient. When they've needed a quarterback, they haven't like overdrafted guys. They they wait for that year where the guy falls to them, and that was Ben Roethlisberger, obviously. But they rolled out Tommy Maddox for how long, and you know that, that's kind of what what how ownership does. So I, I don't think they'll reach for a quarterback just because they need one. So expect some Mason Rudolph games, and your Bengals might get two wins next year. I was about to say I can tell you there's at least three teams right now that are grinning ear to ear with the prospect of getting Mason Rudolph twice. Look, that's fine. Look, if the Steelers get, get three wins next year, I mean, then now you got to play Bryce Young or, or uh, Cornelius uh, Stroud for uh, for the rest of eternity. So don't, don't, don't count those chickens too much. Right. We'll see. We still, as, <laughs> as long as Joey B is on the uh, sideline in Cincinnati, <laughs> I, I feel, we'll feel good. I feel good. All right, Shane, that's going to do it for uh, tonight's episode. Uh, any any final thoughts before we go on uh, – before next week? Next week, it's it's Senior Bowl all the time Whew. almost next week. Uh, we're going to – we'll have two pieces a day coming out next week where uh, me and Shane each um, break down a different position group. Uh, we'll have, like I said, two a day uh, coming all next week. Uh, Shrine game – preview coming up NFL PA preview coming up from you tomorrow. Uh, this is it this weekend that is it Sunday where we're, where we have the dueling uh, shrine game previews yeah. uh, coming up where um, I think I'll have, it's, I can't remember who's you got have one defense, of I have defense, you have offense. So yeah, that that's coming up for the shrine game, uh, which should get started next week with their practices. Uh, NFL PA as well. will start their practice next week. Their game is on Saturday, the 29th. I believe if my if my math is right there. Yep, that's um, correct. So yeah, so that that's coming up for us as well as you know a few other odd men. Uh, consensus boards coming out uh, Friday, Shane. Uh, yeah. So we'll see. Well, you're, you will see some differences there. That's where you yeah. see the big differences on these uh, prospects. It, it 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 doesn't start that way. Everybody, the top ten are probably pretty close, but after that, things start getting a little dicey. Yeah, and you went deeper than I did. You went you went top two hundred, so I got to step up my game next time. I got to get uh, get past the two hundred mark uh, when I made mine. I went a little short, so we'll uh, that, that'll be fun. That's maybe we'll revisit next week. Sounds good. Uh, anybody, if you listen to us on Spotify or Apple Apple Podcast, give us a five star rating. Leave some comments there so other people can find this fine NFL Draft podcast. 
uh, going forward. If you uh, subscribe to us on on YouTube, uh, get the notification bell so you can get notified when we go live each and every Wednesday night, uh, 8 Central, 9 Eastern on this uh, for our show. Uh, and we always love getting comments and, and all that on, on the YouTube channel. Follow me on Twitter at Deep Fried Draft. Follow Shane on Twitter at Shane P. Hallam. Get notified of every bit of work, daily content we have. And you're going to want to follow at Draft Countdown over these next few weeks to uh, just because we're going to hammer the Senior Bowl stuff coming up these next couple of weeks. And uh, so follow at Draft Countdown. Go to draftcountdown.com for daily NFL draft content. For Shane, I'm Brian. Thanks for watching, everybody. Thanks for listening. Good night.